Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a, excuse me, Thursday morning, the cold that won't go away still persists. Do any of us? Are, month number two. Are any of us going to have our voices by the end of this Man, show? Man, uh, month number two. Mark sounded uh, good on news, though. That's good. He sounded great. <coughs> what you say? Stupid winter. Uh, yeah, one of these days, one of these days, I won't be congested and coughing and all of those things. But for the time being, we'll uh, <clears throat> we'll fight through it. And we'll uh, get a good show for you today. I do feel confident about that. And on a Thursday, boy, Thursdays are fun here on the show. Why? Because uh, we give away prizes, number one. And we're going to be doing that with Ticket Thursday today. Uh, A couple of different possible tickets for you to win, including Nebraska basketball tickets. They play Penn State on Sunday. We've got tickets. There's a parking pass with that one as well. And there's a parking pass. Uh, Or if you would rather... Uh, it, it, the, if you're the first winner, you can choose between that and tickets to see uh, Toto and Journey coming to Pinnacle Bank Arena in March. March so 25th? You have your choice between those two things. So whatever it is that you would like, you can uh, you can win, but you've got to win Generation Collaboration. So we get going with that again as uh, Generation X is in first place. It's very exciting. Uh, we finally are seeing the movement we expected to see with the standings when we started Generation Collaboration a couple <laughs> of years ago. So we got that coming up at 710. Listen for your cue to call. Team up with one of the uh, cast members here of LNK Today with Jack and Friends and potentially uh, get yourself a win there. Uh, also on the show today, the Grow Lincoln team. Uh, they've got their ear to the ground here in the capital city when it comes to new restaurants, retail, and the like. And then at 835, Today, we will talk to the voice of the Big Red, Greg Sharp, uh, day after signing day for Nebraska football and uh, kind of a uh, kind of an endpoint of an offseason period now. And we'll kind of take stock of where the Nebraska football program is with him in addition to talking about other things going on in Huskerland at 835. So, yes, we are uh, we are set on this Thursday morning. Let's jump in to the news today. Uh, news out of Omaha yesterday found out more about uh, who was the man who walked into the Target with the AR-15, uh, took some shots, did not hit anyone again, thankfully, and was eventually killed by police. We now know his name was Joseph Jones. Um, he re- refused commands to drop the rifle he was carrying. We've seen pictures that are, frankly, rather chilling pictures. To tell you the tell you the truth, at least when I looked at him, um, uh, several pictures that were released by the Omaha Police Department, including him standing just outside the door at the entrance to the target, brandishing his gun. Uh, targets of him walking around with the gun in the front of a target, like any target that you've ever seen, right around the the women's department and in the the entryway as well. I believe one of them that they took was from officer body cam. So it would have been in his last moments. Uh-huh. Uh, but we, um, we've got that. There hasn't been a lot of information on, um, on, on, 
you know, who this guy is, why it would have happened, any of those things as well. I did see that KETV out of Omaha, uh, they talked to his uncle and got a sit-down interview with his uncle. Yeah, that, I saw some of that. That's about all that, that I've seen on this. Um, he talked about concerning episodes involving his nephew and the family's repeated uh, attempts to get help for him. Um, he said, I don't think there was any intention of hurting anyone. He was a hurting kid. He was raised in a very tough environment and this was predictable. Um, Dirksen, this is the uncle describes himself as pro gun, feels like something should have been done to take the weapons away from him. He said, when you're hearing voices and they're telling you paranoid things and they're telling you the cartels after them, when someone says that to to a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist needs to have the responsibility to say, at this point in time, I'm contacting law enforcement and this person's right tone a firearm. It needs to be taken away from them, which I don't believe is necessarily something that you would be able to do uh, in, in the state of Nebraska. So that's really all that we've got right now is Associated uh, is Press said he, said he bought the firearm four days prior at yes, a sporting goods store. At a Cabela's. He, he bought it, yes, just a, a few days uh, uh, before, presumably uh, in a legal transaction at, at Cabela's. Um, and we also know that the officer who shot Jones, uh, his name is Brian Vanderheiden. He'd served Omaha Police Department for 20 years. Uh, paid on administrative leave per department policy and uh, someone who potentially, you know, we just, we just don't know what exactly the, the motives were here, what the plan was here. Um, But very good chance that this officer acting the the way that he did uh, saved a a number of lives in this situation. And so a, a real hero, but that's the standard procedure here in just giving that uh, that leave as they investigate everything that happened around this. So um, that's that's all we know. The store is still closed for the time being. Um, they've allowed people to go in and get their belongings, get their cars. Uh, that might have been left there as well. And uh, that's uh, that's kind of the update on, on this whole thing as a city and, and really a state as well is still sort of coming to grips with this situation and how terrible it it could have been uh but still one that's just uh, the, the and the photos were just striking i thought to to see that just because it's such a you know targets look like targets right you know you've been right. you've been in you've been in targets in in lincoln and other places in the country and it just looks like a place that you've been at least for me uh thousands of times and there it was right there in in all those places that that you've been in the past. So um, that's what we know there. Not a whole lot more as well. I've not, you know, normally it's interesting. Normally one of the things that uh, some people try and do after a a name is revealed like this is go back onto social media and see if you find any clues, anything about it. I don't know if any, I don't know if that's, I haven't seen it. I haven't done it myself, but I haven't seen any of that so far. Um, if that's there, it's now he's got such a common name that does make it a little bit more difficult. I think for people to search and find and, and figure out Joseph Jones is about as common of a name as you can find. I'm sure there are, I'm sure just in Omaha alone, there are, there are 
a hundred people named Joseph Jones, frankly. Yeah. So um, it's, it's and that's as close as you get to just being John Smith. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, that's all we've got on that right now, but did just want to give you an update there. An update on another story that was uh, definitely concerning in the state. You perhaps heard about uh, Thayer County uh, and Hebron schools that had been closed now for three days because of threats that they had been receiving. And uh, sometimes you hear about this, and out of an abundance of caution, they'll send an email right to the parents and and they'll fairly quickly have some kind of an all clear or something. This one was not like that because closed school on Monday, kept it closed Tuesday, kept it closed yesterday. They are going to be open opening school back up in Hebron and Thayer County today after they've apparently figured out the source of whatever threats they were going to get. Now, we don't know publicly from the school district or the local authorities exactly what the uh, the character of the threats were on this, but they did say they came from outside of the state. They came from the state of New Mexico for whatever reason. And so I don't know if this was uh, something that it was just a, a, a random deal. Uh, if it was kind of a, a deal to just make people in a, a random school in Nebraska uh, feel scared about what might happen or if there was some more connection to it as well. We don't know that but we do know authorities in new mexico are cooperating with authorities in nebraska in getting to the bottom of that and bringing anyone who needs to be brought to justice psnd hastings uh local nbc affiliate there uh says that it was a a school shooting threat okay well i figured it was something like that but yeah um and and but it didn't again didn't originate there in lincoln or excuse me in in uh, thayer county so We've got that, and then a busy, long day uh, at the hearing on LB-626, the Nebraska Heartbeat Act, which would ban most abortions around six weeks uh, past gestation once there's cardiac activity that can be detected. In that, you had lines and lot. You had people jamming the room. You had eight hours, of, about eight hours of testimony. Eight hours of of testimony on this. Uh, lines of supporters and opponents stretched from uh, the hearing room all the way to the other end of the building, as well with you know all the way back into the hallway, as well. And so there were a lot of uh, a lot of people who had things to say. Twenty five hundred uh, people submitted comments. Evidently, they I didn't know this. They break down a number, a percentage of where the comments that are come from um, who submit comments, and that could be written as well. But they said about 62% were in opposition to to the bill. So uh, he, the hearing is now done on this. You, you know, I said this yesterday. Who actually, knows? Actually, they didn't take a vote, so they'll have to come back right. and take a vote. Who knows what kind of an impact? Again, my my gut feeling is that you know uh, the the state senators have have talked about this issue, have thought about this issue, have talked, have campaigned on this issue so much. There's not a lot that's going to be said in the hearing that's going to flip them one way or the other on that. But nonetheless, we'll see what the committee does now. Like you said, here in the future, when they've got the option of voting it onto the legislative floor, and then debate will go in front of the full legislature at that point so 
Um, and that wasn't the only bill being discussed yesterday. Uh, what was the uh, what voter was the, ID? Yeah, voter and, ID. Uh, Senator Julie Slama actually had a revised bill that she presented, and that uh, created quite a bit of stir. Was that the one where uh, it would require a notary if yes. you want to vote by mail? Yes, and uh, that didn't fly with a, a lot of people there. Uh, there was also a testimony on the school superintendent pay cap, uh, Senator Dave Merman's bill uh, that would cap a superintendent's pay at five times a starting teacher's salary. Some pushback on that as well. Okay. So that's just some of the things that uh, were going on yesterday. and. Uh, Governor Pillen uh, testified before the Revenue Committee on one of his tax bills. So Busy day. Uh, yep. Busy day, and eventually uh, a lot of these particularly controversial ones, I'm, I'm sure um, the the abortion one, the heartbeat bill, the voter ID bill, uh, they're going to make their way onto, uh, onto the legislative floor, and that's when the fireworks in terms of the debate will really begin down the road on both of those. So. Uh, those are some of the things that are going on. Uh, Mark, any other any other news that I missed there? That's what was sticking out to no, me. No, I'm morning. I'm trying to find out if that stupid woodchuck groundhog sees his shadow. What time do they do that? That's I probably coming up really I'm, soon here. I did find a recipe for barbecued groundhog. Gross. Uh, so yes, you've got uh, yes seven. Oh, it's happening this second actually. Really? It is. Se- I I pulled it up. What time do they do it? And it was like. 721 eastern time so let's see if i can pull it up live uh because this definitely is going to determine what is uh what's going to be happening here with this yeah i mean it's it's got an uh, accuracy factor of i i don't know four or five percent that's good here pull up my uh let's see if i can get the audio i'm going to unmute this let's see if we can hear let's just take a check in to uh puxatawney bias crowd Gentlemen, are you ready? Oh, wow. Did I time this? Daybreaker, please place the royal red carpet. All right. Here we go. Mr. Vice President, will you place the scroll? I'm excited. Give me spring. Give me spring, (laughs) Phil. It looks like a a nicer day than it often is there when they do these things. All right. They've got a red. They've got a... Gentlemen, gather around. They've got what looks like a big tree stump, and they've put a red... A cover on top of it, now, like a, a red carpet. And it's a tradition that we will shout, Phil, 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 <laughs> they're unlocking the the uh do- so they what what are they did I didn't know that there was this component to it. I thought they just pulled out a thing and read it. Thought that was all. No, they bring him all out. Right, they bring Phil out first. So they, they're going to bring him out. They give the illusion of him actually. I always you know, I was so disappointed the first time I watched this. I thought they actually like had him come up out of the ground and just watched him to see what he did. I thought it was like a live Test. Well, they probably at that moment, but it's not. They just they bring him out of this thing, which they're doing. He was he's in there with a bunch of straw, and one of the guys in the ascots and top hats is pulling him out right now. Uh, And then they hold him up in the air, like 
like the Lion King, <laughs> and and they read what's going to happen. All right, so the Satani Phil, ladies and gentlemen. All right, they've got him. Oh, he's kind of cute. Ladies and gentlemen. They've got him. He's kind of cute. <laughs> Holding him up, Lion King style, right now for the crowd. They're very excited about that. Okay. And we are waiting for a reading again. We are live in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, for this this deal, which does not seem that fun to attend, by the way. Like, I mean, what do you? What what's the? You're getting up early in the morning. You're freezing cold. It's 13 degrees there. Right it's, now. It's, is it 13? Oh, it's not like you're tailgating. Yes. It's 19 here. All right, they're acting like they're talking to him now. They gotta hear what he says. Oh, brother! They, all these old, old white dudes with top hats are <laughs> acting like they're communicating with him right at the moment, nodding their heads as if he's saying things to Mr. them. President, we have a scroll. We okay. have a scroll. They talk to him, but there's a scroll sitting next to him that apparently had the the final declaration. The, the scroll fills in when when he the talks. scroll. Yeah, it's like uh, appearing ink essentially. <laughs> all right. And now we've got another guy in a top hat who is uh, unrolling this. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Big, this isn't nearly as fun as Girder Watch. Hear ye, big hear big ye. moment, big moment here. Now on this February 2nd, Punxsutawney Phil, the seer of seers, was awakened from his wintry nap Come on. at dawn Come on, Gobbler's you, Knob. Come on, you jerk gopher. Phil looked to the skies and then, speaking in groundhoggies, directed this President Uncle to the proper scroll, which Come. reads... I see the morning has brought the finest people. I see their bravery and spirit. The time has come, I can feel it. The excitement, I can hear it. I see the folks with gray in their hair, and I see the kids all young and scrawny. <laughs> their eyes and cheeks aglow from the cold, clean air of sweet Punxsutawney. <laughs> I see that everyone knows their part, and I am merely the sage. But above all else, I see a shadow on my stage. And so, no matter how you measure, it's six more weeks no! of winter weather. No! No! Boo, Boo this man. Boo. All right. He'll say we should have barbecued him yesterday. Jeez. Boo. Forget that. Forget that. We're going. We're getting Unadilla Bill. He's the real one. He's the Un one. That, Unadilla Bill oh, no longer. Oh, that's Unid right. Unadilla Billy. Bill, sorry, but I didn't mean to. Is it Unadilla or is it Unadilla? Uh, you. I would say Unadilla. I'd say but Una. I apologize for uh, speaking of the deceased, out which of is east there. of Cheney. That's the real one. Uh, the more local, the better, mm -hmm, obviously, mm -hmm. with the forecast. I don't. I don't look at the Puxatawney forecast when I'm figuring out if it's going to snow here. How do we just get one in Lincoln? Yeah, we need a Lincoln one. We, do, we can do that. We can do that. We can find an animal to do that with. Let's do it with a lynx. <laughs> you know what you got to do with a Canada goose. That's what you do here in Lincoln. <laughs> and then cook the <laughs> or goose. Or a fox. <laughs> All right, it's 626. We'll take a break. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. By late afternoon and early evening, we're looking at temperatures in the teens to low 20s. For the Channel 8 Storm Alert team, I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right. Welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Don't look now, but tomorrow is already a Friday. And uh, another reminder: I always like to make sure because people always say we, do, we don't know what the we don't know what the theme is. I like to repeat it a lot for you, and and uh, I'll repeat now that it is uh, no theme again. We're going to go uh, week number two of general no spec no specific genre for you this week because we do have one in mind for next week, and so we will do that. Plus, it was really good last week with general, so we're going to stick with that here for tomorrow. February 3rd, uh, what's that mean for you? Well, you uh, you have an open text line right now, the Rick, and Rick Stein Recognition Text Line, to send in any requests that you've got you would like to hear, whatever's going to get you and maybe the uh, other listeners of the show uh, into a good mood, into the right frame of mind for the weekend, have some fun along the way. So text in those songs. Now, how are we doing? Are we, uh, we, we started it all on this thing? Yeah, we've got this a week, few. Or we, where, where are we at? One, two, three. We got six requests okay, already. Oh, that's in. good. Yeah. That's good. So we... Uh, we're already kind of filling up that first primetime segment with these. So get yours in and then uh, listen Friday, hear your song, uh, hear your name on the air, hear our discussion of your song and maybe your story that goes along with it as well. And uh, we'll have a, a good old time tomorrow on the show. Uh, okay, let's jump in to our sound off today. Uh, we are going to start. Oh, yes. Interest rates. Oh, boy. Uh, anybody who is, uh, thinking you, the days of refinancing your house over and over again and continuing to get a better rate, the days of buying a house because a mortgage is so advantageous and uh, a whole bunch of other various things impacted by the interest rates have very much changed over the last several years. But are we kind of getting to the top of a peak? Can we see the other side on this thing as the Fed will meet again soon? Let's find out. The central bank continues its fight against high inflation with its eighth interest rate hike since last March. Fed Chair Jerome Powell. FOMC raised our policy interest rate by 25 basis points. We continue to anticipate that ongoing increases will be appropriate. The Fed signaled that even though inflation is easing, it remains high enough to require further rate hikes to bring inflation uh. back down to its 2% goal. The central bank's latest move puts its benchmark short-term rate in a range of 45 to 4 and 3 quarters percent, which is its highest level in about 15 years. Hilary Barsky, Fox News. All right, next Fed meeting is scheduled for March 21st and 22nd. They meet eight times a year, so that's basically once every 
six weeks or so, although they can meet whenever they want to, if there's a, which they've done in the past when there's uh, a financial crisis or something like this. So sounds like leaning right now when they do that again here at the end of March, that it will be, be at another rate hike, maybe a decreasing in terms of uh, the amount of that rate hike that start, continues to get smaller, but still not quite over the hill yet on that one. A uh, new study out from the federal government on guns, obviously a big topic here in the state of Nebraska uh, with some legislation that's going on and with current events as well. And finding out uh, a little bit more about how people are acquiring them and what they're doing with them. The report from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms shows that 54 percent of guns were covered at crime scenes were purchased within three years, a double-digit increase from 2019. The report also shows that the number of guns being illegally converted from semi-automatic to automatic weapons increased five times, and the ATF noted that the number of privately made firearms more than doubled in 2021 from the year before. More than a million guns were stolen between the years 2017 and 2021, 96% from private citizens. This is the most comprehensive federal guns report in more than 20 years, it was conducted following an order from Attorney General Merrick Garland. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. And I believe Mark just had a story about a what about a nine millimeter gun being mm-hmm. stolen out of a uh, out of a. It seems like we've got those constantly in Lincoln. I mean, auto break ins, auto thefts are one of the the biggest, uh, most significantly increasing crimes in in Lincoln, and that kind of comes along with it part and parcel mm-hmm. when those guns are, are left in there. Sounds like right now, though, there's particular problems, and I know there's one story with several of these, but with cars getting stolen when people are leaving them out to warm up. Yeah, that's been that way the last the last several winters. Continues to be a uh, a big issue here in the capital city. So, But whether it's taking the vehicles or just stealing something, the biggest part of all of that is the crime of opportunity. Yeah, the vehicles being left unlocked at the time, just when you're leaving the keys in the ignition and the vehicle is unlocked, rather than having an automatic start. And I know not everyone's in a place to have an automatic start um, to to warm the vehicles up, but just leaving a vehicle unlocked overnight. Uh, yeah, we uh, we learned that the hard way at our house. Yeah, I mean there are though it it is a a huge target right now in the capital city. And it's interesting because I've looked at some of the 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 most recent crime numbers. It's been a topic of discussion a lot of places, and, you know, there are some things that are a little up, a little down, um, like generally violent crime is, uh, continues to go down in Lincoln, but the percentage increase of auto thefts is, yeah. and, and I don't know that that necessarily goes along with just the break-ins. I'd be curious to see what that is, too, into cars, but if you talk about a specific crime that has grown exponentially recently in the capital city. That's it. It's it's auto thefts, uh, which is a, a big deal. And, you know, I'm not sure. I don't know that I've got the answer for, you know, in terms of policy, in terms of law enforcement, um, you know, are more more cops on the street going to prevent auto thefts? Well, probably to, to some degree, but that's one of those, like you said, Caleb, that's can be depending on how it's done, that can mm-hmm. be a big crime of opportunity yeah. uh, as well, and that in itself would decrease it. But there's got to be more to it than just that because, I mean, 10 years ago, people were still leaving their cars running or still leaving yeah. their keys in the ignition or or whatever that it takes. Um, 
now I guess they're using TikToks and USB cords to steal Hyundai. <laughs> Hyundai Jeez, to, right, Hyundai's yeah. to do that. I remember that sure. story. That's not real significant either. So, um, you ever buy tickets? You ever buy uh, tickets to a concert, airport tickets? And there's all just a whole list of fees on that thing, and mm-hmm. uh, the price that you end up paying compared to what it said on the on the website or on the advertisement is like notably different because of that. Well, the federal government is looking into maybe cracking down on those what they call junk fees. So-called junk fees often added on to the final price of airline tickets, concert or sporting events or credit cards are costing hardworking Americans hundreds of dollars a year, President Biden says. Especially, especially folks who are already struggling to make ends meet. But not anymore after today. The Consumer Financial Protection Board is making progress, the White House says, on capping credit card late fees. But President Biden is also urging Congress to pass legislation to reduce or eliminate hidden charges. At the White House, Jared Halpern, Fox News. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a little bit of an interesting question because at some point you find out about these things. It's just... It's just normally after you've gone through the rigmarole of picking out, you know, for instance, a, a ticket, a ticket to a a game or an, or on a flight or something like that. You see the price that they're advertising, right? $299 to Phoenix in March. Oh, great. Okay. Well, uh, $299 up and back, $600. I can probably do that. Right. You go through the process and obviously taxes figure into that, but then the fees beyond that is going to make it so that initial price looks nothing like what you thought it was going to be because of all those fees. But again, is there, you know, it's not generally, I believe now you guys can tell me if I'm wrong on this, but generally at the, they show them to you, but they show them to you at the very end, right? Right before you agree to the whole thing. So, I mean, there's a part of, there's, Huge part of me that says I hate those things. It's so annoying. It's te- but on the other on the other hand, it seems to me a little bit also though. If it's a private company, and you know they're notifying people about it, yeah, the fees may suck. But I don't quite know what would be why the government should be able to step in and just stop those fees mm-hmm. that they claim are for something that needs to be covered when you do those things. I don't necessarily think the the fees need stop. There are plenty that I think are outrageous, but right. but the, I the think solution I think is don't buy. <laughs> right. I think the fees should be more of an upfront an upfront thing rather than hey, you've already seen that this flight is $200. Right. And so because you went and you sorted by price. And so you're trying to find stuff within the budget, but then you see that there's $150 in fees at the end. Well, now you've wasted everybody's time. Yeah. I have noticed that there are some, at least on hotel rooms, when you're looking for hotel rooms, you can click a little toggle and you can have just the room price uh, where it's displaying the different rooms you can get, or you can display like the real price Mm -hmm. with fees and everything else. And so... That's always a little bit handy to to be able to see that, but not every not everything has that. So, I mean, it's a little bit of a tough question. Like, okay, I tend to to think, okay, well, the the federal government overregulating some businesses in mm-hmm. in this situation when they're when they're giving no as long as they're not committing right fraud or or uh you know being deceptive in the entire thing. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a different question. 
on this whole thing. Jennifer uh, on the Rickstein Recognition text line says, uh, I had over $160 in junk fees last weekend on a four-day rental car. Geez. Showed up at the rental counter, not online where I started. See, now that's that's getting a whole lot closer to mm-hmm. to where I'm like, okay, that's uh, that's deceptive. If you basically are giving people a quote that people rely on as a final quote yeah. at that point. And then just tacking stuff then, on at the end. And then tacking it on at the end. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's a ton. Uh, all right. New study on processed foods. Well, you probably know where this is going. Uh, the, the, the health, big in the health world, especially over the last decade or so is, is eating clean or eating whole, whole foods, not things that have been really processed. And, uh, they continue to back it up with data why that's a good idea. They might taste good, but they cause cancer. That's the latest research from London's Imperial College School of Public Health when it comes to ultra-processed foods like carbonated drinks, certain cereals, mass-produced packaged bread, and pre-packaged meals. They studied 200,000 middle-aged participants over the course of a decade and found ovarian and brain cancers were more likely to develop in people who ate those foods, while ovarian and breast cancers were more likely to kill them. Experts have long said some such processed foods warrant a stark warning label on the front of their packaging, and the authors of the study agree. Gianna Gelosi, Fox News. Wow. So, like, uh, they want to put, like, a Surgeon General warning on that thing like they do for cigarettes? Wow. Okay. Are you going to put that on my diet Mountain Dew? Because, I mean, let's be honest. I, If there were some kind of a Whole Foods version of of this, not Whole Foods as in the, the grocer, but right. whole food, a, a whole way... That tasted the same. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I don't know. Look, even when you get the off-brand stuff, just not the same. <laughs> just not the same. So I'm hoping... I'm uh, Listen, if Diet Mountain Dew is my greatest vice in my entire life, I think I'm going to be okay. That is that is way down the list on things that I that I want to do better you, at. You, you're saying you... Uh... When you've gone into Aldi and you hit the Diet Mountain Lightning, yeah. it's not the same. I've not tried that in particular, but I have a feeling. Well, like one we, t- we in college, we lived oh. at the Aldi, so Ma- Mountain Lightning just fill in that fridge. Uh, what's the uh, what's the kind of pop that they always have in the health uh, the health aisle? It's ma- it's is it ste- it's something made with stevia. I can't remember the name of it. But you guys probably know it. one time i was like oh you know what maybe i'll try this instead this is supposed to, i don't know it's in the health section maybe it's better for me i got some of that stuff holy garbage yikes that was bad <laughs> i i could not it was i could not believe <laughs> how bad that was um and so i was not going to be able to make that make that switch uh <laughs> this is interesting so you know states, uh, states have their state bird, state flower, right? Nebraska, the meadowlark, the goldenrod, maybe a state motto, maybe a state uh, animal or state other things. Well, everyone's got a specific, there's a specific insect. Yeah, uh, insect, all of those things. Have you, ever, uh, have you ever considered that there aren't any states as far as, uh, at least so far, that have a state aroma, an, of, an official smell? 
Wait, of the state. Please tell me the first state to have it is New Jersey. Well, you got the new right, but it's <laughs> New Mexico. Okay. State lawmaker Bill Souls says it's time for residents to wake up and smell the chili peppers. The sweet smell of green chilies roasting on an open flame wafts throughout New Mexico every fall from grocery store parking lots and roadside stands. Souls says that smell is unique to New Mexico, so why not make it the state aroma? Chili peppers are already one of New Mexico's official vegetables. The bill is not expected to bring about much heated debate. And if it becomes law, New Mexico would be the first state in the U.S. with its own official aroma. Tom Rigani, Fox News. Uh, All right, we have to we have to discuss this right now. Time to start thinking about what are we doing in Nebraska. First, everybody's getting a state aroma. I've got a first pitch for you. Okay, is going to be melting butter on corn on the cob. Okay. Bottle that. That's the state Melting of Melting butter on. Does butter smell? Does butter have a smell oh, to it? Oh, yeah. If I, hold on. If I put a stick of butter in the, in the microwave and melt the thing, and then I put my nose over it, can I smell butter? Do you think? You should I be. I guess. Like, like when you're, you smell buttered popcorn, you're smelling the popcorn, right? Well, so you have the popcorn smell, and you have a little bit of the butter then is is mixed in as kind of an undertone. It does. I'm going to have to microwave some butter and see if I can smell it today. But just the melted butter on the corn cob. Uh, Okay. That'd be all right. That's my first pitch for that. That'd be all right. How about the smell of the smoke coming up from Kansas every spring? (laughs) That'd be a good one. That would be a nice one. Obviously, the smell of uh, cabbage and ground beef mm-hmm. for Runza's would be one. Is there a specific smell associated with, uh, like, Memorial Stadium? Yeah, there is. It's a combination of, I mean, yes, there, there, there especially was a smell. I don't know if it's so much anymore now that they've renovated it for volleyball. But I'll tell you what, one of the most specific smells I remember is walking into the, the Bob Devaney Sports Center when Funnel they used to play basketball there i don't know what even, that was that was always the smell that it was hit me. popcorn it was a lot of popcorn it was but it was more than that as well so yeah the popcorn funnel cake it was like controlled carnival yeah a little bit and then just a little sweat maybe yeah was there, there was in. there was something in the walls that you could not wash out yeah <laughs> it was i mean Bob Devaney Sports Center was funded with cigarette taxes, so maybe there was still a little little bit hint of cigarette smoke in there. Uh, Dealer Dave says the Nebraska State smell would be stockyards. Yeah, that's probably, I mean, he's and probably pan- right. Panhandle Steve says the smell of money, feedlots, the beef yeah. state. Feedlots says Adam. Vicky says it would be Nebraska is the cattle feedlots. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> right. I was trying to avoid, I was trying to... I was trying to find a little bit more of a pleasant one. Oh, how about how about any time you go to uh, how about any time you go? This would be more Lincoln, but any time that you go to like Edgewood, you go to like the uh, the Super Saver or the Target or the Petco over there, and the you're downwind from the Laszlo's uh, there, mm-hmm. and that place, the amount of smell marketing that place. I I would like to know how many people just go to that place, go to Laszlo's, because they just can smell it at Edgewood sometimes, because it is wonderful mm-hmm. with their like wood-fired stuff that they do. So, uh, All right, what else? Oh, God, I had a lot more that we may not get to all of it. Um, well, let's do this. I want to do, make sure and do this one here before we take the break. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations are out. Okay. Um this might have been a fun one to do for Request Line Friday sometime. You're, I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is huge. You could do your favorite song by an artist from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But we're going to add some new ones. And frankly, 
almost everybody pretty much deserves to get in this time around, Ooh. I think. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> a woman who is having a renaissance thanks to her music being featured in Netflix's Stranger Things, Kate Bush, Cindy Lauper, George Michael, Cheryl Crow, and Willie Nelson are among the nominees for the 2023 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This Elliot Iron Maiden Soundgarden, Rage Against the Machine, The Spinners, A Tribe Called Quest. Joy Division, New Order, The White Stripes, and Warren Zevon have also been nominated and are first-timers with Crow, Lopper, Michael, and Nelson. The voting is underway. You can participate with your vote at rockhall.com. Michelle Polino, Fox News. Cheryl Crow? Should Cheryl Crow be in? I mean, she's good, but the Hall of Fame? She had a moment, right? Yeah. But... I mean, I'm good. I'm good with Cindy Lauper. I think I'm good with. I, I'm good with George Missy Michael. Uh, I mean, yeah. There's always that line of what's defined hey, rock and roll. They, they, they've started. It's basically music. And by the way, putting Kate Bush in now just feels sort of dirty. It does. Like it, she should have been in before, which I think I had said in the past. But <laughs> you, you had, and everybody figured you out. You had. All right, six fifty six. <laughs> we'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. My- it's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, let's find about, out about the pets of the Capital Humane Society. Matt Machar joins us right now. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Good. How about yourself? Good. Uh, interested in the pets that you've got this week. What do we got? So first we got Timon. So Timon is about one year old. He's a German Shepherd mix, neutered male. He's uh, kind of brown and tan and white all mixed together, but... He's a big boy, weighs in at 82 pounds, so he's kind of tall and lanky in that teenager phase, but he's got big old radar ears that stick straight up, and <laughs> he was surrendered to us, uh, he's, so he's looking for an active home where he can get plenty of playtime and lots of time for activities. He definitely likes to play with other dogs, although he might be a little too much for, uh, if you got an older dog, it uh, might be a little too much for them, but... A buddy around his age and activity level would be a great bet. All right. What else we have? Then we got Glenn, and Glenn's about <laughs> six months old. He's a domestic short-haired, neutered male, brown-black tabby. And he came to us as a lost kitten, and unfortunately nobody came looking for him. But very playful kitten. So if you're looking for a, a kitten that can kind of keep you on your toes and give you plenty of uh, laughs throughout the day, uh, he'll be a, a great fit for you, and just make sure you have plenty of toys for him to play with. All right, so check it out. Look at more animals at the Capital Humane Society's website, and we'd love for you to make an adoption there. Thanks, Matt. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Have a good one. Go, Matt Medchar, Capital Humane Society. This is 7 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. I'm Saver Traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we're starting with drama right away in this thing. You're just the worst. Starting with drama right away in this thing. I didn't do anything. What do you mean I'm the worst? What do you mean coming in? Oh, you guys could bury yourself. Well, I, so much for being positive this morning, so Jack. First caller is uh, is a millennial. <laughs> uh, the uh, Really the primary millennial who plays uh, this game. Uh, but he's been on a bit of a cold streak lately. Uh, or maybe it's Caleb that's been on the cold streak. I'm it's not pro- sure exactly. It's probably more it's, me, it's, to be honest. It's really the entire generation. Uh, but uh, Asterisk James is joining us right now. Good morning, James. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Uh, looking for redemption this morning, huh? I hope so. 
Okay. <laughs> because as I was telling Caleb, you guys lose this one, and it's starting to look bleak for 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 you guys' prospects this time to beat me. Uh, I, I just don't think you want that. So I'm feeling the pressure. Yeah, that's what I was trying to have. That's that was my intent. It's okay. You're going to rack up like seven more losses, and which means we'll, we would only need to get why like did, three wins. By the way, so. why when I'm winning is the score not on the whiteboard like we normally do? Oh, we I, got a lot more Husker action going on up there. Okay, so. we don't need a baseball <laughs> game that's in three weeks up there. Yeah, well, okay. it, it's coming up. All right, it's in two weeks, by the way. All right, start of spring. Uh, all right, Jack, get it right. Millennials go first, and uh, by the way, you get your choice. At least uh, the first winner gets their choice of uh, Husker basketball tickets or concert tickets. So. Here we go. All right. Being a Generation X, I have to take my glasses off to read this card. Uh, <laughs> this singer-songwriter rose to popularity for fronting the band Hole, as well as dance acting in films as The People versus Larry Flint and Man on the Moon. I think it's Courtney Love. Correct. On, ooh. On this TV show, kids transform into animals <laughs> to fight the Yerks. Why did you look start saying that like it was a hard? Question? I have that, never heard. I have no idea what this is. Animorphs, baby. Jeez, I have no idea what that was. Oh, this is another hard one. Uh, in this board game, you talk to boys on the phone. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a game either of you probably play. Um, here's the thing: I probably would have because I, I played Pretty Pretty Princess with my sister when she was okay. little. Okay. Okay. It, there's like a babysitter game, I think, that they had to talk on the phone. In this board game, you talk to boys on the phone. Is it Dream Phone? Uh, is that a board game? It's, it's, it's yeah. The uh, the question is board game for just to, for clarity. Okay. I don't know because there I remember playing a mall one, but I can't remember the name of that, and there being one like Dream Phone. Okay, let's go with Dream Phone. Unbelievable, that's correct. <laughs> Caleb? Unbelievable. <laughs> Hello, little... Thank you, Brooke. Uh, despite a controversy, this star was recognized as the first African-American woman to win the Miss America title in 1984 and later scored a top 10 hit with a version of Disney's songs, Colors of the Wind. Ooh. This is kind of an X question. What? I definitely. It's even a boomer question. Despite the contro- a controversy, was recognized the first African American woman to win Miss America and later scored a top 10 hit with a version of Disney songs, Colors of the Wind. They could have picked an easy, a song that you would have more likely knew than that one. Like what? <laughs> Sorry. Caleb, I know it's Judy something. That it's Judy. If you say Judy, uh, I'm thinking Garner. Garland? Garland. Oh, no. No. That's, Just that's, helping Caleb with his um, last names. Judy Cohn? Do you want to go I, with that? I have no idea. Let's go with it. Is it too, bad okay. you, too bad you don't have me to help you. Is it Judy Cohn? No! I have no idea who that is. It was Vanessa, Vanessa Williams. Williams. Vanessa oh, okay. Williams. Okay. Could Save the Best for Last was probably her more famous song, but... Might have been too. That, that one's not my wheelhouse. All right. Well. Uh oh. Owen two. Two. Uh oh. Okay. Uh, it is what it is. The millennials are in deep trouble. Deep trouble, I would say, right now in generation collaboration. All right. Next caller is Brent. He's going to take a shot at this. Uh, Brent, what generation are you? Uh, good. Good morning, and I'm Boomer. 
All right, Boomer. Oh, Mark right. uh, Mark's going to try and scratch the board uh, to get the first win with the Boomers and Brent. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Miracle on 34th Street stars what child actress? Which Miracle on 34th Street? The, the old one, I'm sure. I'm sure with you guys, it was the black and white one. <sighs> it, wasn't, it wasn't Judy Garland. <laughs> oh, it wasn't? That's who I was thinking of. It's the only um, child actor I know. Well, we can go with that. I can't think of... Maybe it was. That's that's the first thing that came into my mind. So. That's a, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. All right, Judy Garland. Oh, no! Natalie Wood. Oh, God. That was kind of hard. Yeah, it was. Boy, there's a lot of carnage right now in generation collaboration. And, man... I'm hoping I get. I'm hoping I get an X here to get a win today. We do need to give away these basketball tickets because the game is on Sunday, though. So let's see uh, what Charlie wants to do. Charlie, what generation? Uh, boomer. Boomer. All right, Mark. Man. Time to. Uh, well, let's let's try it, Charlie. I'll do the best right, I can. Well, get rid of that card. Next one up. Which groovy group released the far out single "Incense and Peppermints" in 1967? This is an awesome name. Yeah. I remember the song. Strawberry Alarm Clock. That is, yes. That is right. correct. That's an awesome group name, isn't it? Yeah. Sounds right. drug-induced. Known as the king of party records, this comedian also stars in TV's Sanford and Son. Oh, I know that one. Red Fox. Yep. That is correct. Yep. In 1976, NASA released what famous photograph from Viking 1? NASA Viking 1 photograph. 1976. Well, the year I graduated. Hmm. Uh, famous photograph. I would guess uh, a photograph of Mars on... Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah. Any more specific than just a photograph of Mars? Maybe a crater or a mountain on Mars? No. uh, um, It was something compared to the moon. Was it a face or something like that? Face of Mars? Or kind of a mountains that that look like, you know. Look like a face. Is that what you want to go with, Charlie? Yeah. Face on Mars is correct. Okay. Yeah. Got through that somehow. This tennis star defeated Bobby Riggs in the Battle of the Sexes. Oh, geez. Billie Jean King. There you go. And which 1940s, 50s senator was known for fueling fear of communists in the United States? Joseph McCarthy. All right. Get Mark a politics one, then he can go. (laughs) All right. Millennials or Gen X for your extra point? You pick it, Charlie. All right. Gen X. Gen X. Go for it, Caleb. This could be a big moment here. What actor plays dance instructor Johnny Castle in Dirty Dancing? (laughs) Patrick Swayze. Yeah. There you go. Dancing in the streets. The Boomers got a win. They're on the board. For the Millennials this year. Congratulations, Charlie and Mark. Uh, Charlie, do you want basketball tickets or do you want the concert tickets? Concert tickets. Concert tickets. All right. You got them. 
Uh, hang tight. We are going to get your information. So basketball tickets still available. All right, we still got like five minutes to play a few games here. Give those basketball tickets away. Uh, let's get, am I reading that right? Is it Lori? Got these glasses. Yep. All right. Hi, Lori. How are you? Charlie, call back, please. Great. How are you? All right. We lost Charlie, so call back. We'll get his stuff eventually. All right, Lori, what generation? I'm going to play X. All right. Let's go. Let's get a lead here. Bring it, Mark. This brand of candy is known for its collectible plastic. Oh, geez. Collectible plastic dispensers, often, often featuring popular cartoon characters. You got that one, Lori. Yes. Yep. This recording artist was a backup singer for Stevie Wonder before releasing her first studio album, This Is Nisi, in 1976. This is what? What was the word you said? Nisi. This is Nisi? What the heck? Uh, Nisi is N-I-E-C-Y. This is N-I-E-C-Y. In what year? 76. Oh, jeez. Backup singer oh. for Stevie Wonder. This is Her solo album. Nisi, what would that be, Lori? Nisi, I, so I, I, I think I got it on the tip of my tongue. I can't spit it out. Nisi, can we pass? No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> pass means means we lose. I don't know. Like someone, like I don't know somebody like like I want to. I don't know. We guess like Tina Turner. Seventy six is it disco type stuff? No. Uh, Nisi, is that throwing me off? Um, Denise, oh, Denise, well, something. Denise, maybe like Denise Williams. Um, Denise Williams, that if it was a Denise, what other Denise could there be? Your answer? Um, um, Jack Jackson. J- Jackson, J- Jackson. Michael's J- sister. Janet. <laughs> Janet. All right, Janet Jackson. Uh, who was it? Denise Williams. No God! No! <laughs> No! Oh, God! Oh. She didn't let's hear it for the ball. Let my baby, she don't talk to She's watching every day. Man, I really worked that one out, and I did yeah, not. This man. is Nisi. I even spelled it for I you. I completely worked that one out. All right, I get another shot, though, because Chris Nolatha is next, and he's an ex. Hi, Chris. Jack, how you doing? Good. All right, let's get a win here. Let's do it. Before, uh, before his rom- I, I had that one, too. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, what do you got, Mark? Before his romance with Pamela Anderson rocker, Tommy uh, Lee was attached to this dynasty actress. Oh, God. Uh, was it Locklear? Was she in Was she in dynasty? Wouldn't have been like Linda yeah, Evans, would it? I don't it? remember. Yeah, that could be. The only other one I know of was Joan Collins. She was in dynasty, but. That would have been. I don't think. I want to. I think it was probably Heather Locklear. Yeah. But she was with Richie okay, Sambora. Well. That might have been after. Was Heather Locklear in Dynasty? That's for some reason that popped in my head right away. Uh, well, I I didn't watch Dynasty. So I just remember Linda Evans and Joan Collins were in it and John yeah. Forsyth. And that's all I remember. All right. Who do you want to go out of that group? Uh, oh, Evans, Collins, or my wild card, which is Locklear? Well, we'll try your. We'll try your Jeez. wild card with Locklear. Well, we I I I had the right answer before we didn't. Do it. All right, Heather Locklear. Yep, Heather Locklear. Oh God, yes! Yeah. I am on fire today. Popular song in. A uh, popular song in stadiums. The Ramones' "Blitzkrieg Bop" begins with what chorus? Da 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 da. That's. Hey ho, let's go! It's hey ho, let's go. 
Yeah, that's it. Yep, that's, that's it. Hey, oh, that's it. All yeah. right, boom. Yep. Okay, number three. Despite its name, the wearer of this garment need not belong to an exclusive group. Oh, uh, members only. Yeah. Michael Keaton plays a stay-at-home dad in this movie. Uh, uh, no. Is that look who's talking? No. Oh, Mr. Mom, Mr. Mom. Um, Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom. And number five, he's a Yankee known as the Hitman. Who did they call the Hitman? Was that? Uh, oh, God. Was that Bernie Williams? No. Ma- not Matt. Did they call Mattingly that? Yeah. Winfield? Oh, my gosh. This is going to drive me crazy. I think you're yeah, right. I think yeah. it's more of that era. Bernie Williams? Maybe. Yankee known as the Hitman. Uh, Paul O'Neill? Yikes. What do you want to go with, Chris? I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, uh, God. Um, guess I'm thinking. It's got to be bad. It's got to be bad. Let's go with, um, I like yours with, uh, like, Mattingly. That they called like him Donnie Baseball, though. Yeah. Need an answer. I still think right. that's it. All right. Don Mattingly. Mattingly. Don Mattingly. Mattingly. Yep. Oh, we did it! Oh. <laughs> All right. All right. What do you oh. want, millennials or boomers? Well, uh, you, you're good at the millennials. All right, millennials. So we'll get the win here. What country did the U.S. invade in 2001? 2001. So, well, that would have been Afghanistan, right? Afghanistan, yeah. yeah. Afghanistan. I started playing this when he asked the question. <laughs> Woo! That's another one for the Xers! I don't know if you can come to any right. I don't know if you can come to any of the events. You want these tickets or no? Well, I'd like to take the concert tickets and right. away. All right, there you go. Uh, hang tight. We'll get that info. Do we have time for one more or we have to be done? No, no, I busied all those out. Oh, okay. That's why they're blinking crazily. Yes. X's get another win. Boomers get a win. Millennials do not. And we still have basketball tickets. We'll give them away later today or tomorrow then. Everybody wants to see Toto and Journey. All right, at 726, this is Dallin K. Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to All right. Without any further ado, it is time to count them down. Let's start it with number five. Omaha police say the man who was fatally shot by one of their officers after entering a Target store in West Omaha on Tuesday armed with an AR-15 style rifle obtained the weapon just four days earlier at a Cabela's and no one was hurt in that incident. However, the, uh, the, the man who died has been identified by police as 32-year-old Joseph Jones. He's a suburban Omaha resident. No prior felony convictions. At least that's the details that we have so far. And we don't, we still don't know, we know very little about him still, Mark. I think the, the one thing that did come out was KETV Channel 7 in Omaha was able to get an interview with his uncle um and they they so they talked to him uh he said his nephew was troubled he said the family knew it he said law enforcement knew it he said the family had repeatedly called law enforcement worried about the guns that he kept in his home that was in the gretna area Sarpy County Sheriff acknowledged that deputies had been in contact with him, didn't make any further comment than that because they're in an investigation right now. Uh, as for his part, he said, I agonize over what I could have done different. I've called the police, have disarmed him. I've called mental facilities. I begged with people, and Joy was not rational. But without 
and, and I'm sure he asked them to confiscate guns, but they can't. There's not an evidence of a crime. They can't confiscate those guns. They can't go in and and take take those things. And um, and there's no red flag law necessarily in Nebraska any process right now that you would use to do that as well. So, I mean, this is an interesting article. Like they were aware, they were worried about his mental state. They were worried about ha- him having the weapons that he did, but uh, or at least the uncle was. But there was nothing that he could. There was nothing that he could do, and he feared this the entire time. Um, in the interview, the uncle also recounted a series of concerning episodes involving the nephew and the family's repeated attempts to get help from him. So you can watch that whole interview if you want to do it. It's through KETV at this point. Now, he did say this. He said, I don't think there was any intention of hurting anybody. He was a hurting kid. He was raised in a very tough environment, and this was predictable. He, D- Dirksen, the uncle, also said he's pro-gun, but he feels something should more should have been done to take weapons away from him. He says, when you're hearing voices and they're telling you paranoid things, they're telling you the cartel's after them. When someone says that to a psychiatrist, psychiatrist needs to have the responsibility to say, at this point in time, I'm contacting law enforcement, and this person's right to own a firearm needs to be taken from them. This will, just because of the nature of it, for better or for worse, this is going to certainly play a role in public and legislative debate about gun policy coming up this year, uh, I'm sure, as it as it's in the legislature, um, especially with these quotes that are now added in there. Yeah, and as they get more and more, uh, as the investigation continues and they find out more and more, it will certainly um, you know, be a topic that... The, the proponents of red flag laws will probably bring forward yeah, this. Think, and, more than anything, specifically yes, that one. Yes. Correct. Because it, it, yeah. it covers so many of the things that red flag laws are designed to do. Yeah, when I had the family that wanted wanted them to be taken rid of, the law enforcement says, well, what can we do you right. know, in, in, this, in this situation? He's got a right to them, essentially, and there's nothing under the law that can keep him from having those. So, uh, yeah, it certainly will be an entrance into into that conversation and there's no still you know normally often when when this happens and you've got somebody who you don't understand what their motive is when either they do something terrible it looks like they're preparing to do something terrible people often go back try and find social media try and find videos that they made all those sorts of things as far as i know there hasn't been any of that that at least has been found now i don't know how much of that is because the guy has an unbelievably common name um, and so searching isn't that particular easy, or maybe there was nothing there. I don't, I don't know, but I just, I know that that tends to pop up rather quickly after these things happen, and I, I haven't seen any of that. This interview with the uncle is really all that there's been so far. But as for the, <clears throat> as for the situation itself, they're keeping the store closed in Omaha. They did let people back in to get personal belongings that would have been just scattered wherever to get the cars out of the parking lot, but. They do are continuing investigations there, so they're not going to open up for a while. That is the, uh, man, that's the latest there. All right. Number four. Well, sports betting now legal in Nebraska. Probably won't be any wagers soon. You know, Super Bowl, maybe not even for March Madness. Some of the, uh, I guess you'd call them the back room, some of the, the things that have to be implemented now that uh, it's legal. Uh, and, and it's only available in two places, War Horse here in Lincoln and the casino in uh, Grand right. Island. That's, so so yeah, Matt Olberding's got a, a pretty good story in the Journal Star. In theory, it's it's legal right now. Yes. It is now, le- that the problem is 
the casinos don't have a vendor. They don't have the infrastructure that's set up. Um, I think they do it via kiosks. They've got to set those up as well. It sounds like at least the Lincoln Casino is optimistic that they can get this thing going in somewhat short order. A few weeks. A, A few weeks. So maybe if they want to... If they care about the dollars that they're bringing in, they're going to get this thing up by March uh, March Madness. You think so? Yeah. Yes, uh, I would be. I, I and since th- no games will be played in Nebraska, it'll be wide that's, open. That's true. Omaha doesn't have any game. Omaha is not a host this year. Either. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. So, but eventually, whether it's whether it's this spring or this summer, sports gambling in Lincoln, Nebraska, and and I don't think Grand Island is going to be online until the fall with this whole thing. So sports gambling, the center of sports gambling will be in Lincoln, Nebraska uh, at the War Horse Casino, which, by the way, you probably know this, but the rules state that you can only do it in person at the casino as opposed to, for instance, when you go to Iowa, use an app where you can just do it automatically on on the app. You've actually got to go there uh, to place the bet. The closest uh, NCAA men's basketball tournament games to Nebraska will actually be in Des Moines. Okay. They'll have some first and second round games at the Wells Fargo Arena there. So there you go. That is uh, that's the update there, but it is there. There was kind of some doubt, Mark, originally about whether or not that was included uh, with the with the ballot initiative. But it is. It's coming. It's just a matter of is it going to be is it going to be one month or is it going to be three months until this happens in Lincoln, essentially? And they will get. I, I think I said essentially. Now I'm trying. I to think with the amount of that. money that uh, is involved, they'll get it going soon. All right. Now I want a swear jar for saying essentially and moving on during more. You're gonna drive. call it the uh, the essentially jar for moving on. That that, uh, that, f- that Facebook post got in my head yesterday. <laughs> Next one, number three. <laughs> That's hard. Gas prices have been rising uh, this past month or so. The most of this year, up to three forty nine eight as of yesterday, according to AAA. And it, it now, now appears that not going to go down anytime soon. Oh, Mark! Experts now say the average could reach no four again. Yep, I thought this was over. Jeez! And uh, yeah, we're we're yeah. The bad sign is we're in the winter right now when these typically demand goes down, prices are lower, but we're slowly creeping up on. Prime time for prices yeah. to particularly get high. It won't be long, and we will be in those uh, early spring, excuse me, late spring, early summer days. It's always, I, I, it always seems like Memorial Weekend is always kind of a peak. Memorial Day weekend is well, always when, kind of a peak for these when things. When people, so, you know, take off, that's that's the start of the summer vacation geez. season. Demand goes up, and the refineries haven't uh, fully recovered from um, you know the downtime they had last year. And all right. Man, so that go. is uh, that that is going to hit people, Mark, in a bad mood because it's it's bad enough for it to have been there to to be in and around four dollars when it was. I think we peaked at a five hundred one average, actually. So we're still a. Do we get that high an average? Jeez, I didn't even remember that. I don't, in, in in the country, right? Right. Nashville. So we 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 didn't. We were in the fours here yep. for the most part, but it's one thing to be there. It's the second thing to go down, think it's over, and have it go back. The frustration, and this is, keep this in mind, this is going to be starting to go on during the 
during the getting more and more real part of an election cycle. You know, oh, yeah. you can you, we can debate whether or not it's the it's the president's issue when gas prices are up, but the bottom line is politically it definitely has an impact. Right, and remember, uh, there's uh, there's not there's very little oil left in the strategic petroleum reserve that was released to drive prices down. Yeah, that was That's just such well- a drop in the bucket over a long course of time. I never quite, I never quite got that, but. Great. Well, thanks for the good news, Mark. Really appreciate that. Uh, uh, by the way, a little tease ahead on Morning Drive. Listen to number one. Number yeah. one on this one might make you think about, especially with high gas prices. So stay tuned. But first, yeah. number two. Number two. But first. Teasing <laughs> to ahead on the Morning Drive. Bill saw his shadow. Six more weeks of winter. Uh, we listened to it live. Uh, yeah. We listened to it live. National Groundhog Day and... Have you seen any word on uh, Unadilla Billy Billy. yet? I have not. I want to see if I've... I believe she's on a Facebook page. Okay. That's about the only place you'll find anything. Okay. I was just going to check I looked a little earlier and didn't see it, but I think that's the location. Yep. Uh, It doesn't look like... There's a little bit of... uh, There's a little bit of Twitter buzz right now, but nothing. Maybe they haven't done it yet. So we'll check the Facebook page and see if we can get information on that. But yes, Puxitani Phil said six more weeks of winter. Mark, I don't uh, know. It should have happened about seven twenty. Okay, so it's still fun. still uh, fairly early on that. See if you can find that on Facebook if you don't mind, Caleb. Sorry not to boss you around, but uh, but Mark, I'll tell you this. I mean, you can have your rodents telling you what's happening. You know what? All I need, I'll look at that extended forecast. And you know what I see in that? You know what I see in that? You get through today, you get through tomorrow, and you better make sure you have ample pairs of cargo shorts after that. Especially uh, Saturday, because Sunday. I think I think you should really consider a cargo short alert for Sunday. Hawaii, you know what? I'll tell you what's happening Saturday and Sunday, okay? Cargo shorts, obviously. Uh, Hawaiian shirts, obviously. Uh, grilling burgers outside, obviously. A lot of Jimmy Buffett music, obviously. Maybe a uh, maybe a mark or two. We'll see. That's this weekend, and it looks like you could arguably also do that maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. Maybe not Monday because it looks like cloudy. But okay, Tuesday, it's Tuesday, su- you know, sunny on Tuesday. I don't know. These uh, I I trust my eyes. I trust the forecast. And we look pretty good through the first half of February. I tell you, you get into the upper 40s, low 50s on a nice, sunny, calm day, and it's not all bad. Watch out. Watch out, City Golf Courses. This weekend, tell you what, A, City Golf Courses, packed. B, B, car washes, absolutely out of, even though we've increased supply tenfold here, (laughs) still going to be lined up out the door. And then number three, good luck at the dog park. Good luck luck at the dog park. Good luck finding a parking spot even at the dog park on Saturday when that happens. Just a word of warning. Number one. You've always dreamed of seeing the world, uh, well, or at least part of it. This could be your chance. $399. $399. Frontier Airlines Go Wild All You Can Fly Summer Pass. Allows you to take as many flights as you want, or at least as you can fit in between May 2nd and September 30th. Uh, one day in advance. That's so you got to be really flexible. Uh, international Still. flights ten days in advance, but 
Only two catches through the deal. You can't accumulate miles in their Go Wild Pass, uh, Summer Pass promotion. And the pass automatically renews at the regular retail price if it's not canceled. That so, retail price. Just like every every stinking subscription Auto thing, renewal, you got to remember yeah. to cancel. Mark. nine ninety nine is the retail price. Well, that's even not that bad to some degree, but this is ridiculous. If you, like, I'm... I'm half thinking about doing this and just saying to my family, hey, there's a flight to San Diego tomorrow. I'm out. We'll see you later. $3.99. Now, I did pull up the website. There's There are a few more catches. Uh, there are blackout days on this as well. So Memorial Weekend, June 29 and 30, July 1 through 5, 8, 9, uh, Labor Day weekend as well. They're all black. So you've got to be able to do it on like a Tuesday, random Tuesday in the summer. This still almost sounds too good to be true, though, doesn't it, Mark? What I want to know is what exactly destinations are we talking about a day in advance? Like, hey, everybody, we're going to Rochester, Minnesota. Well, you'd have to I mean, look at, at Frontier's, uh, you know, desti- uh, city map, their their destinations. Uh, they're headquartered, uh, and their hub is in Denver. Okay. So, uh, you know. I- I'm used, telling you what. I used to fly uh, Frontier quite a bit. In a slightly different part of my life, I would absolutely do this for three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Yep. Now you have to pay taxes and fees on each flight. Uh, uh, they actually charge you a fare for that flight of a penny. One penny, and then you pay the, the taxes. What are the fees, fees. going to be? Um, what well, we it depends about? on fifty bucks. Uh, it depends on you know the airport fees and all that. You still have to pay bag fees and things like that. If they still have this when, we, when we're empty nesters at my house, I'm getting this for a summer. Well, you'll be able to do... And, and the nine ninety nine is a year pass. Yeah. That would be even more cost-effective. Yeah. I want to see you do this, Mark. Try it out for us, will you? Okay. <laughs> Mark will have it by this afternoon. There's a limited number, apparently, uh, on, on this whole thing, so... I don't know. If anybody tries this out, let me know. It seems almost too good to be true. There's got to be the catch. There's got. It's got to be that there's no good flights available. That's that's almost what it's got to be. Or your international flight is to like Moscow or something. When you, when you I just that. just saw on their site, current government and airport taxes, fees, and charges approximately fourteen dollars ninety cents per person per flight. That's nothing. It's about a hundred dollars if you're traveling internationally. That's nothing. 14 per flight. That's what it's going to cost you to get a cocktail during the flight anyway. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. All they got to do is serve uh, movie uh, popcorn and have $10 a bag. And Somebody do this and review it for me. I am fascinated with this whole thing. Uh, Somebody with family in Unadilla, tell us what the heck happened. I because pull, there is zero nothing social on media. I, I see last year's um, they have video from last year, so we got nothing nothing yet there so but yeah it was supposed to happen uh on february at 720 so it's done we just don't have any word yet from from unadilla we'll work on that 755 it is lnk today with jack and friends that was your morning drive brought to you by stonebridge insurance and wealth management on klin you're, you're listening to lnk today with jack and friends on 1499.3 klin all right i click the uh get your pass thing that looks like should a good I, deal, I tell man. tell my wife I'm doing this? It's still there. You can do it right now. $3.99 travel between May 2 and September 30th. 
take uh, LNK today to the sky. Like, you get one flight. You get one flight. Like even just to Denver, you have about broken even on the thing. I would say, right? About for, for a round trip, almost for sure. Almost. You. I feel like you got to get two flights out of it to come out ahead. Maybe two round trip. That's probably come out way ahead. Well, you go to Puerto Rico on there. Yeah, they have. I'm telling you, man. I'm so curious about this. If only we didn't have jobs and kids' activities. And details. Those are just details. All of those things preventing any of this. I'd definitely do it. 8 o'clock on KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's 810. Our next guest, commercial real estate brokers and experts, Robin Eshelman, Dave Albers, known better here in Lincoln on KLIN as the Grow Lincoln team, and they've got a whole bunch of news they bring to you every week in terms of what's happening with local businesses, restaurants, retail, uh, maybe some new places that are opening up, and figuring out what's going on in your community. They do a great job of it. You can find them on social media, at Grow Lincoln, Facebook and Twitter. If you want to ask them a question, we often answer those questions right here uh, on the KLIN Morning Show. So welcome in, Robin. Good morning. How are you doing today? Hi there. And Dave, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, let's jump right into the news. Right now, a uh, notable building in the Highlands is for sale. Uh, what do we have going on there exactly? Well, this is the Cabela's building uh, in the Highlands. As you mentioned, they're talking about doing, this is a little bit jargony, but uh, a partial uh, sale, uh, leaseback, uh, this is for a hundred and twelve thousand square foot building, seventeen point four million dollars, and some of those operations have been spun off. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it on our Saturday show. Some of the stuff that Cabell's was right. doing out of that building, right. you're saying? Correct. Okay. So you know, corporations are always changing things. All right. Particularly with new ownership. Yeah, and then Cabela's has been through a lot of change yeah. <laughs> uh, over the last several years. All right, question from uh, from social media. Jenna asked, what the large building that's going up on West O Southwest near Southwest 40th Street is? What's going on here exactly, Robin? That is the Nature's Variety Construction contract they are an international pet food company they do the raw frozen the freeze-dried you know some of the specialty kinds of foods for the pet um and i have read that they that their plan has been to to employ somewhere between 200 and 300 people so this is a pretty big deal um, interestingly, that has been such a successful operation that the owners of the company are now from Barcelona, Spain. So, oh, really? Yeah. So this is a, a you know a startup that took off and was highly successful. So this is uh, like you said, Southwest Fortieth Street. So this is quite a way, quite a ways quite to the west. Quite a ways out there because yeah. you're past seventy seven uh, in the I eighty interchange there, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, you are. That would be that would be further out. I don't get that far out there very often, so I wouldn't have noticed. I would this. say, yeah, you're probably along with I get a lot close. of Lincolnites. I get close, albeit Kinetic Sports Complex tonight, which is just short of that, But and I get there very often. But So so I will say this about Westo. Thank goodness they finally got the construction done on that thing. That was a uh, low-key, very long construction project that was always 
um, kind of annoying to to deal with. At least that part of it that was right by, um, kind of by where where that you uh, stop gas station is and where the city right. mission is and and that kind of stuff. That is finally finally got to have all the cones out of there. So that's good. This this would be closer to the correctional center, but not yeah. quite yeah. to the air park turn off. Yes. And it's kind of amazing. You know, I've gone out there to like see that new high school and what's happening up in the air park. And it's just amazing all the construction along Westo. It's <coughs> it's filling in. I mean, that used to just be so, you know, f- flat, flat land. Yeah. yeah. Flat, flat land. And yeah. there's just a building here and a building there. It's like, I don't remember that. When did that go? What is that? Yeah. Um, and, Talk and, about that new high school. I'm going to bring something up. We just uh, found out that there's a project that's going to be going on uh, and don't know exactly how what's happening, but it's starting to move its way through the city on uh, Northwest 48th and to the, it's on the east side of 48th and between Holdridge, excuse me, between Vine and Interstate 80. So, so that would be, on the, be happening. the opposite side of the street from the new high school, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. All right. So something happening there. We'll have to find out in the future. All right. Yeah. And that new high school, we've talked a lot about, I've talked a lot, at least with South Beltway going in, we've kind of naturally talked about Standing Bear High School and the way that's going to impact development and those sorts of things. But Northwest is is kind of the same thing because it's it's kind of at the edge right now where that development ends going to the west yep. for the most part i mean you go much further west you get to you know emerald you get to like pawnee lake and stuff that is out there as well and and we talk on the south about how hickman and lincoln are going to get closer and closer to yep. one thing that's kind of the same thing about those areas as as well here with the uh, with the west part of town did because, we mention last week that sonic is going yeah, I don't know if we mentioned on, on this we, show. Or I know we talked is, about it on our show. Right. There's a Sonic going in in that general area, and there's been a bunch of apartments built there. So you are seeing quite a bit of development happening in that, I'm going to still call it the air park area, but really yeah. near that near that uh, new high school. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder what it, how much when development starts going to to the west of the obviously you go to the east there and you get to the airport. I mean, you get right. to the runway and stuff, so you you can't do a lot. You get to Capitol Beach, but you do wonder how much to the west it's ag land right now. But what kind of development is going to be possible uh, possible in those areas as well? All right, let's move on to some other things here. Um, Mercado, yeah, uh, opening another store. Uh, this is uh, this is interesting, Dave. Tell us yeah, about this. Yeah, this is uh, technically at eighty six zero one South Thirtieth, but most people would think of it as Thirtieth and Yankee Hill at the Wilderness Hills Shopping Center. I call it Dramamine Hill Road. Did you know there's <laughs> nine roundabouts on Yankee Hill? And if you count, and if if where you're going to land is Maryland Moore High School or the Y, there's ten of them. Okay, I didn't know that. I and then if know. you take a right there and go toward uh, Hickman in the South Beltway, yeah. you'll hit you hit a few more. You hit a few more on yeah. there as well. Absolutely. Uh, is that is that okay? Is that like the uh, one with the Coles in it? Is Correct. That the, okay. That's where where Coles is and and Home Goods, and this will be in the building where Orange Theory is located. Okay. Uh, that place is going to be busy. Yeah. Uh, early prediction there. That place is going to be very busy. They've got the, the one store near the, the restaurant that they've got uh, on 84th Street out kind of by the event center. 
Um, and that's not right abutting. I mean, there's obviously not far from there, Northeast Lincoln residential areas, but that's going to be by a whole lot of that stuff there in, in Southwest Lincoln. I think that thing's going to be big. Now, Dave, they're not doing the restaurant, are they? Are they right. just doing right. the, it's just store the, it's the store only? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just the uh, sort of the butcher shop and the retail side of it, I'm sure, is what they'll yeah. be doing. Uh, all right. Uh, now, next, Robin, question from Janet. What's going on on the east side where the Knowles was? Janet messaged us on Facebook and said, what's going on the east side where Knowles was? So this would be near 27th and Old Cheney, not not quite that far. Um, she was commenting, the trees are almost gone. There is a project that's going through the city council now. It's a mixed-use project that would have some office and retail right along Old Cheney Road. And then behind that would be um, upscale villas, which would be in the price range of $750,000 each. That, that's, uh, <laughs> that's upscale. So Dang. maybe, you know, but those would be probably more where I, I should have looked at a at a site plan closely, but I think back where the, the Knowles building was is probably going to have more of a residential character. Okay. And then you've got, um, 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 I don't know what the, the correct term, not, uh, an assisted living home. Right. That's on the other side of the well, street. On the, on the yeah. other side there. Which is a very nice facility. I've been in it a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's a it, nice facility. A, yeah, it, yeah. It really is. Uh, okay, other stuff that we've got today. Dave, South Haymarket. Uh, Proposed new what, park. A new park? So- yeah, 7th and N Street. And also, this has been uh, coming up for a while. Uh, Speedway and Nelnet have been planning on building a five-story, maybe office, retail possibly, and a uh, housing project. And the housing project, uh, I believe, is going to have regular market-priced housing as well as some uh, moderate and low-income housing. We talked moderate about income. this area last week, I think, a little bit with maybe some of the housing, but there's just a lot of talk about development right smack dab in this area that you're talking about. Yeah. And we mentioned this last week because this is one of the sites that they're discussing for a potential convention center yes. as well. Um, but man, the amount, I feel like everything, every time I hear something about downtown, there's discussion about that area that's sort of kind of 8th Street coming, uh, to the north, uh, the south of O Street and to the west of there. And well, you've got a lot of old, you know, you got Midwest Steel there. Uh, you got, you know, a plumbing supply store that's over there. You got some parking. Um, you got, you got a whole lot of that. Like once you get to 8th, it's all, these little bit older buildings, and I don't, I don't know how much room there's going to be there um, to actually develop, but but it just seems like there's a lot of interest, whether it be the park, which has been talked about a while right. for the South Downtown, whether it be the potential of a convention center, whether it be more residential, because the residential has come right up to Eighth Street there. Uh, there's one of those nice student housing buildings right right on the other side right. of the street there. Well, and it's, you know, the it's kind of part of the collective area known as the South Haymarket. Right. And there's been, there's been planning for a long time on, you know, what is this going to look like? Is it always going to be warehouses? Is the market going to start asking for something different there? The city has looked at, you know, let's do some nice streetscaping plans here and let's plan for a day where maybe it's not a warehouse district anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something yeah. different. Yeah. It, it'll be in, yeah. Kind of the Haymarket eyes, the South Haymarket. I mean, essentially. Yeah. It, just an expansion. There yeah. is a little. 
I'm looking at the overhead map right now. The railroad, obviously, if you go a little bit further west, is is you run into that. There's kind of a big green space there right before you actually get to the railroad in in that area as well, which is which is kind of interesting. I don't know if that's usable at all uh, or what. But is some, that where so, the park is going? Is, is that is that it, would that be where that? Our probably listeners is. cannot see anything that we're yeah. talking about, but yes, right. there is a park. That's I know going. these overhead these overhead <laughs> views help me just get a sense of of what we're talking about. So that probably could be where they're where they're talking about so you may be close to some trains at that park but yeah nonetheless yeah i'm gonna bring up something and i don't know and that we need to throw an overview on that and i'm this new legislation that went through with this floodplain i'm wondering how that's going to impact some of that area yeah that's a good point well, that was just pay a lot that was a more big money. conversation with the arena that would have been right in that same floodplain yeah. situation and there's so, a lot of talk about that that's a good that's, point that's going to be an issue that i think at least needs to be looked at all right um we we talked about this in the uh uh, on the show, news from 402 Creamery about obviously something that's make a, making a big buzz in the Lincoln food world, but also a new location coming from the ice cream shop. Um, ice cream store, 402 Creamery is an ice cream store. They are at Village Gardens in the Haymarket. They took a go a few days ago at Runza Chili and Cinnamon Roll ice cream flavor. They They ran out. Yeah, I saw that. Did I didn't ever get any. I kind of wanted to at least test it. I just have one question. Does Alden Brown know about that? A million people have tweeted him <laughs> yeah, about it, so he probably does. Oh, they, yeah, they are, they are opening a location in the Telegraph District. All right. Uh, you already got a lot of, a lot of business. I still, every time I go in that, the, the mill over there in the Telegraph District, the place is packed. You know, when in our in the old days when you had a, a shopping center and you landed a department store, well, you, you had what was called an anchor tenant, and right. that was a magnet that would bring all the mm-hmm. other retail. I I would tell you the mill is the anchor I, tenant for the telecom. I believe it. Every once in a while, I'm like, with somebody who works downtown, I often say, let's just meet there if we're going to do it. And I was going there, I was like, man. There's barely a table in here. Yeah. It's it's uh it's one thirty on a Thursday afternoon and just packed with people with their laptops working in there usually. And I bumped into a commercial broker from Omaha the other day who told me the mill is opening a drive through in Omaha. Oh really? They haven't done that I said, with any of their locations. Really? Yet. He said, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean coming to Omaha they have to because they're not known. I said in Lincoln yeah. They're a restaurant. You sit there and sit. Right. And sit. <laughs> yeah. They're a, yeah, they're a oh, true old, I mean, they sort of have a, like a kind of an early 90s independent coffee house vibe about them. Oh, they yeah, were right the first the, in Lincoln. Yeah, they were. Right, yeah. I mean, well, them and the coffee house were around a long time. The coffee house downtown was around and big when I was in high school, but so was the mill. Uh, yeah, but that I, was before everybody. That was before like the coffee house boom. Oh came yeah, to Lincoln, really. I had a friend in college who got a job at the mill right. doing some part time accounting work, and he was like, "It's this really great thing. Like you sit there and you drink coffee." And I was like, "What? You mean like Village Inn or what?" All right. <laughs> and then uh, speaking above uh, coffee and the coffee yeah. boom, uh, news from Scooters. What do we have here? Well, this uh, was an announcement from Jason Metcalf of uh, Scooters Coffee of Lincoln, and it says Metcalf Coffee was founded by Jason and Rita Metcalf in 2005. Today, they own over 33 Scooter Coffee uh, franchises in Lincoln and Oklahoma City. 
uh, and they employ 700 team members. Metcalf Coffee is proud to be the second largest franchise owner in the scooter system. Yep. Oh, good for I remember when they opened that first one in downtown. That's closed now. Yeah. Good for Jason I got invited. Jason and yeah, Rita. Good, good for them. A great success story. And uh, once again, you know, most overnight sensations take about 15 years. There you go. Real quick, what's Saturday on Girl Lincoln? We are getting you ready for Valentine's Day, so there will be no excuses. We will have the top-selling salesperson and manager from Sarder Heyman Jewelry, and we will ask about the style of rings that are big this year. And Anthony Benelli from Momo's Pizza will be in to help you plan your Valentine's meal. All right, sounds right. Great. Get ready for Valentine's with Girl Lincoln Noon on Saturday. See you guys next week. Have a good one, all right? Thank you. 826 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says, Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. All right, it is 836, and uh, welcome back. Glad to have you with us on this Thursday morning, February 2nd, 2023. Joining us right now, voice of the... Big Red and uh, host you can hear nightly, weeknightly at least, on uh, Sports Nightly, Mr. Greg Sharp. Good morning, Greg. How are you doing today? Jack, doing great. Sun's out. Uh, we're one more day closer to baseball. Punks a tiny fill, I guess, saw a shadow. So, yeah, hey, let's roll. Yeah, I have another update, too. Unadilla Billy also saw his uh, shadow. So, also predicting. We've got both of the uh, animals, national and local, predicting winter. But I look at the forecast, Greg, and I see just the opposite. So, I'm going <laughs> to go with the scientists on this one this year. For sure. Not the furry, our furry little friend. No, correct. I'm not okay. uh, not. For, I'm not believing the farmers' almanac. I'm not believing the animals. I'm going <laughs> with the science on this one, optimistically. And I would love that to stretch just a couple of weeks into uh, mid February and baseball, and uh, and feel like we're a whole whole lot closer to spring. And uh, we'll get into that here a little bit. But I want to start out with some with some football. Um, I, I was listening to uh, you and Jessica yesterday talk a little bit about uh, Matt Rule's press conference and and play a little bit of of that it kind of feels greg like we're at you know we're kind of at a uh, a conclusion of a portion of the season now that you've got this signing day done I- i'm curious how much do you think we've kind of learned during this time in in terms of what rule has said what his staff has done the type of players that they've gone after how they've how they've recruited i know it's a big broad general question but what do you feel like you've kind of learned about this staff and and the way they're at least going to construct their team throughout the course of the last few months well first off he's incredibly entertaining to listen to mm-hmm. i mean he'll give you an answer and you're like man there were like four or five great points within that answer that he gives but I think what this staff has shown is their tireless work ethic. I mean, when he talks about, you know, to go visit eight schools a day, that, that's a bare minimum. That, that's what we do. I mean, that's, that's what we're going to do, not just year one and trying to make a good impression on people, but that's part of our formula is just get out there and work like crazy. And I think that is probably part of the reason why they've had success at Temple and at Baylor is that they just go out work people. And so I think we've seen that from the first 65-plus days of whatever they've been on the, the job here at Nebraska. Also, just the camaraderie within the staff. that mm-hmm. They t- keep talking about this family feel and that 
you know, they, they pull for each other because they spend so much time with each other, but yet a little bit like kind of a brother rivalry. They want to, they want to beat the other guy. So they want to be the best recruiter or they want to top a guy and doing something. So I, I think we've kind of learned a little bit about them in that respect. I also have found that interesting, Jack, that I think he really likes the guys that he has inherited. He's talked several times about, man, I really, there's some winners in this team. There's, there's guys at work and, he was on the Bussing with the Boys podcast with Will Compton, the former Husker, a week or so ago. And he talked about how he went back and he watched the Huskers beat the Iowa Hawkeyes in that last game. And he goes, you know, that was really impressive. Iowa's playing for a division title. Nebraska's playing for nothing. And he goes, and they go in there and they win. And they outfight the Hawkeyes. He said, that showed me a lot. And so I think he's really encouraged by what he has. And I think he feels like he's put the right people around him and ready to get to work now with this current football team with spring ball now about the same length as uh, Unadilla Phil six weeks away, spring ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. A couple of things you said yesterday that stood out to me. I'd be curious about your thoughts and your reaction to them. Uh, you, you talked about kind of uh, liking what he's got, and, and one of the guys, I guess, that's that's come back is Xavier Betts, and he kind of singled him out in a good way during the press conference yesterday and talking about how much he likes him and how much he thinks of him, which – Struck me as not not odd the principle of liking him, but it's it's just odd because I I think of Betts as this guy who's been gone, who I don't really connect to this staff at all in my head. I realize that he's coming back, but I thought it was interesting just in the short time that he's been quote unquote back that rules saw fit to kind of single him out in his relationship with him. What did you make of that? Well, I think it shows that there's some compassion to Matt Rural too that. He, you know, he doesn't know Xavier very well, didn't recruit him, hasn't coached him yet. And yet, when he met him, he goes, I like him. And I think anybody who's met Xavier, you're going to have the same thing. You like the kid. And I think he just got lost a little bit about 12 months ago. I mean, he was developing a really good relationship with Casey Thompson, Jack, last spring. Mm. Those guys were working together, throwing, playing catch almost on a daily basis. And then I think Xavier just kind of goes, I, I've lost that love and feeling to steal a line from Top Gun mm-hmm. and needed some time to just kind of push away and see if he if football's important to him. Well, I think he's missed it. And so Matt Rule's like, all right, I get that. You're 18, 19 years old. And we're not all, we don't all have it figured out at that age. So, yeah, come on back. Let's see how this works. And the same thing with Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. It's like, okay, it didn't work, but here you are. Yeah, we'll give you a shot. No promises. Come in and earn it and see. If we're a fit for you and you're a fit for us. So I love that attitude, Coach Rural. The other thing, and, and you kind of alluded to this in your, your first answer about sort of the, the work ethic, but uh, we when we were talking about Ed Foley going around and the pictures of all the different high schools and those things, I said, I said uh, you know, I kind of asked uh, uh, hypothetically, like, is this is this kind of a PR thing, like a good, just establishing relationships, and and what's all of this about? And it was interesting. Rule talked about that yesterday, and it it sounds like this is that's just kind of standard operating procedure for the coaching staff. It wasn't anything special. It wasn't anything new. It wasn't anything to sort of necessarily endear themselves to the fan base through the tweets. Um, I th- I thought that was interesting too, Greg. And I heard you talking about that a little bit last night too. Yeah, I mean, they don't want any pats on the back. He says, we're doing our job. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do is go visit high schools, integrate ourselves in the community. I loved his take about sitting at the uh, training table last week, and he met a, a women's tennis player. And she, like, kiddingly, I think, said, you guys coming out to support us today? He goes, well, what time? 
Yeah. He's like, yeah, we play so-and-so at 4 o'clock. We'll be there. Right. And he and a bunch of guys went and rooted on the women's tennis team. I mean, yeah. that how can you not just, like, glow when you hear that comment that, wow, this guy gets it, and this is a guy that I can fully support. Yeah, it, it has been interesting, even just following his Twitter, he's been uh, a lot of interaction and, and talking about some of the other athletic uh, units at, at the university as well, all over the place and supporting them and, and talking about them, and that's been that's been cool too. As you said, we've got a little ways now before we get into spring football. One of the things I wonder about, Greg, is you look at the roster now, the roster's big. you got scholarships on the roster that are going to be above the limit. The, the roster necessarily has to be at least pared down in terms of scholarships to some degree. Do you think, how do you think that kind of works itself out over the course of uh, the next, I guess, three months or so? Well, they, yeah, they'll have more than that. They'll have up until the open camp in August. Okay, so it'll camp be in August. next, next yeah. six months then. Yeah, so they got. Play- I, I think it'll definitely work itself out. I mean, I, I sit there in my own mind, and I'm like, all right, how many quarterbacks do we have? Oh, we got a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, they're, they're not all going to stay. You mean, I think we have six or seven quarterback scholarship quarterbacks. That's too many. And those guys are going to figure that out. And after they get through spring ball, they're going to go, yeah, there's a spot. Or no, there's not a spot here for me. So I think you're going to have attrition there for a couple spots. You get a bit of a grace for a first-year coach. I don't know what it is. It's maybe five, the number that you can go above it in your first year. So they've got a little bit of a grace period. And he referenced that yesterday about how there are some different rules for first-year head coaches. And so he has a little bit of a grace period there. But I, I just think spring ball Winter conditioning slash spring ball will probably take care of it itself. I think they. I don't think they're done, Jack. Adding some bodies. I mean, the second portal will open in late April, and I think by then they'll have a much better feel for what they have on this current team. And if they have to go add an offensive lineman or an inside linebacker or whatever the case may be, I think they might add a couple more guys in May, just like we did last year when we picked up guys like O'Shawn Mathis mm-hmm. in, in the month of May. Yeah. Especially, I think you mentioned inside linebacker. That would be the kind of the first position I think of too, with uh, with the depth that's there at that position. Uh, normally, wouldn't be asking you about other you know college football programs, but news yesterday that uh, Iowa is standing pat with their offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz. Uh, that got a lot of you know snarky comments yesterday. But bottom line is Iowa's offense was historically terrible last year and i guess you know maybe good news for nebraska but what like what what is going on how can how can that fan base even look at that decision and have any confidence in in the direction of that program or am i overrating it by saying that i think it's an outstanding move you know (laughs) yeah hey kirk ferentz knows a lot more about football than i do that's true and so he's certainly been around an awful long time and obviously that's the fight they have to have within the circles of the Hawkeye program. But I, I was uh, honestly, I was tongue in cheek. Honestly. Yeah. I was puzzled by that. I, I did not expect that to be the direction that that, that was going, but Hey, I was done some really different things in the last few months. I mean, they really have not wrapped their arms around NIL. They, they don't, they're not very active at all in the portal. So they they kind of do their own thing, and time will be the ultimate judge of whether they're right or wrong in this whole thing. Yeah, and I think we all kind of saw. I mean, I'm trying to be object, trying to be objective here. That's hard for me when it comes to Iowa, but I think we saw slippage in that program in the last 12 to 18 months. And I think because they're not adapting to some of the changes in college football that are happening around them, and that's one thing I was really happy with Coach World. One of the first questions he got on the press conference yesterday. 
all right, now you've lived through a recruiting period with a transfer portal being a big part of it. It wasn't when you were at Bader three years ago. It is now. And he goes, I think it's great. And he goes, I think we were pretty smart who we went and added and picked up. And we know we're going to lose some kids through it too. But uh, I, I, I commend Coach Farrell. He's coming back to the college game. He's accepted and wrapped his arms around the changes to the sport. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was surprised, but uh, I'm again, I'm I'm fine with it, and we'll we'll see what next year brings. They do have a new quarterback uh, coming in from Michigan next year, so maybe that'll make a big difference. But uh, I don't know, Big Ten West. Who, I mean, boy, if any year the Big Ten West, Greg, and and we'll get into this all the time during the summer, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time. But man, talk about a who knows year in the Big Ten West. It could be anything this year, right? Like there's Isn't that great. There's no. There's no, there's not a champion. I think maybe outside of Northwestern, but who knows? They seem to come back out of nowhere every once in a while. That would be surprising at this point. And nobody being really good or really bad would be surprising either in that thing. That's gonna and be crazy. this is this is the last year, yeah. for the division. I mean, because UCLA and USC enter after next season, so the divisions will be gone. We we anticipate the divisions will be gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is this Nebraska basketball team going to get me a couple of moments of happiness in this fan base? A couple of moments of happiness, at least, at very least, during the rest of the well, season? Because they had me on the, listen, I was just going to try and hang back, not get emotionally involved, Greg, and you know how this story goes with me. And then I am screaming at my TV in the second half of the Illinois game, and they get the lead, and it ends like it does. I just, I hope there's just a few moments of happiness there for this team and this fan base. Well, I do want to commend the staff. I think they, they're getting about as much out of that group as they possibly can. Now, turnovers have been their undoing in both the last two games. And, man, that was wild um, Tuesday night. Five, I think they had five turnovers in the first two minutes of the second it half. Was it was crazy. And just, like, like super unforced, too, on most of them. Yeah. Right? It was just, yeah. like, dribbling it out of bounds and that kind of stuff. Fumbling the balls like they had thumbs. Everybody yeah. had thumbs for a while there. But I think they're playing hard. They're continuing. How much? How much longer can they sustain that without, you know, getting the the, the little uh, skittle of success thrown back at them? So I, I don't know, but but I think that, I mean, I think they're coaching hard. The kids are playing hard. They're doing what they can. They're just they're undermanned right now with uh, not having Juwan and Emmanuel. But to this point, I think they're still at least fighting and playing hard. And, and I think as a Husker fan, you can be proud of that. How important do you think it is? Because at this point, it looks, barring some kind of a miracle, they're not they're not headed toward any postseason play. Um, and so, you know, the the end result, whether you get two two wins, you get you get some home wins down the road here, get a win in in Chicago. Like it's not going to change much about the season. But how important do you think that is? You know, not only just for the for the team, but also kind of in the calculus that happens to has to happen in the off season about what to do next with this program. Well, I think that's I think that's part of the evaluation process right now for Trev Alberts. You know, is is Fred still coaching hard? Is he still getting the players to play hard? Mm-hmm. And you know, the success hasn't been there in the wins and losses. And this year, you can explain some of that because of these key injuries. So I think you know, Fred's got to make a bit of a, a stand. And, and so far, I think he has. I think they're he's putting together good game plans. They are playing really hard for him, and they're competing against these teams in the Big Ten Conference. But I don't envy Trev. I mean, this is going to be a tough decision. It's year four. It's been a really, really, really tough four years of basketball. And yet, I think people like Coach Hoiberg. I think that they like this team and what it, where it was headed. And, and they understand that these injuries are taking a bite out of this group. But 
again, that you got to mix that into the other three years that he's been here and whether you continue on or not. So I don't envy Trev and what he has to do over yeah. the next six weeks. It, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what he he does with that. Uh, last but not least, each of the next two weeks, I'm going to at least get us a little baseball talk in here, and then uh, by two weeks from now, we'll be actually previewing uh, a game against San Diego. But I was kind of curious about the schedule this year, Greg. I just I remember a bunch of years where they would go down and and have like uh, four games with Oregon State, who was coming off a national championship, and it and and the ske- the beginning of the schedule, while it helped with strength to schedule, it was it was overwhelmingly hard. I'm just curious, when you look at this non-con schedule at San Diego, at South Alabama, then you got Vanderbilt, Hawaii, and Ole Miss in Minneapolis, uh, and then some of the regulars like Northern Colorado, and, and Nichols State comes in as well, obviously regular games with Creighton. How do you kind of evaluate this this non-conference in terms of finding that sweet spot that you want between uh, a good strength of schedule but something that isn't going to come in especially early in the year and really set the team back early. Yeah, I think it's a good mix. San Diego was a tournament team a year ago but they did they did uh, get a couple kids drafted that aren't a part of the team. So that'll be a real nice test, but not not, not a top 10 type team you're playing on the road to start. South Alabama is an okay program and not one that blows you away, so you got a chance to go win a series that second weekend on the road. And then you go, you go play a couple of the SEC heavies in a neutral site in Minneapolis and Vandy and Old Miss. Yeah. And then when you, your first weekend at home, you got a sneaky good team at Illinois State. That They have perennially been an NCAA tournament team. So that's going to be a nice little challenge for the folks to see. I, I think that they'll really be challenged, Jack, on the road in the league. You go through the four series as they'll play away from home uh, in, in Big Ten play, Maryland, I think has a chance to be another regional host team. You got them late in the season. Michigan obviously is a perennial power. You got them on the road in the conference at Iowa. They're always really strong. So I, the road schedule and Purdue, who last year was really good when they decided to play. So that's going to be a challenging road series as well. So those four on the road will really, I think, pump up the strength of schedule for this team. Now it's just up to the Huskers to go rack up yeah. wins to make themselves a, a tournament team in, in late May. I just did a a quick count. I think this is right. Fourteen games at home in March. Is that right? My good. Yep. Fourteen out of thirty-one days. That's legit. Almost one every other day. Greg, you're gonna. You better have that voice ready for March, and well, we better we have better. some good weather ready. <laughs> there you go. That's the bigger of the two. Forget me. You got to have playable conditions. So yeah, it's a bit a bit of a risk to have that many home games in a row, but a great chance for the folks to see Husker baseball play. Uh, and speaking of fans, I did. I think I mentioned this on Sports Island last night. We've had two days of ticket sales for the spring game. There are over thirty thousand tickets already sold for the okay. spring game in just a couple of days. All right. Yeah. Well, I figured that would move quickly. We'll have, I would say, definitely some renewed interest in in that this year. Obviously, with Matt Rule, and it sounds like we may not be playing touch football this year too, which I personally will be excited about. Excited about seeing. Uh, what do we have? Uh, what do we have going on on Sports Nightly tonight? Just an hour tonight, women's basketball at 7.30, right. big game for them, one that they probably need to win. You, you hate to say must win, but this is, they've kind of put themselves in a position where they're uh, headed to the bubble. And so this is a big game with Michigan State. But Fred Hoiberg will stop by for a few minutes. Uh, we, we don't have a time for an entire show with him, but we'll, we'll get, catch up with Coach Hoiberg. And, and also Justin St. Clair, the interim track and field coach. They've got a big indoor meet at the, the Devaney Center that starts tomorrow and Saturday, the Frank Savine. How about the Husker track team? The men are ranked sixth in the country. The women are 20th. So Caleb's, we have two top 20 
indoor track team. Caleb, the former uh, thrower, is pretty fired up about well, this, and I you, think. You've got all the um, shot put and weight for both men's and women's are both ranked in the uh, top two or three. Cool. For for the uh, individual phenomenal. position groups. By the way, Greg, latest ESPN bracketology has Nebraska last four in. For, wi- for women's basketball? Yeah. Yeah. So directly on top of the bubble. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, they showed some good fight against Iowa, too. Uh, it should be noted. Uh, it should be noted that you got to do a lot to win that game on the road. Hopefully when they come to Lincoln, they can they can make that one happen because I know there's a real push. I know there's a real push. All right. Two weeks from tomorrow, Greg, I will have my cooler of beverages. I will have my radio at 8 p.m. Hopefully I'll be sitting out in the garage because it'll be about 65 degrees in Lincoln. I am very much looking forward to that. All right. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. We'll talk to you then. Thanks, guys. Greg Sharp. Voice of the Big Red. All right, 8.56. We will take a break and wrap up the show for this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, that is it. Great conversation. I'm serious. I'm planning that. Too. You can come over if you want two Fridays from now. Okay. We'll get the cooler in the garage. Hopefully we'll like to have a 68-degree day and uh, tune on some KLIN and some Husker baseball for the late start there. Uh, tomorrow is Request Line Friday. No restrictions on your choices of songs, so it's ever, whatever you want to hear today. You've got uh, you got some time to think about it and text that in today. What song do you want to hear? Rick's Time Recognition text line 402-479-1400. See you tomorrow, 9 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln.